For great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. The latest from batshit bonkers Britain, Katie Hopkins, on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, my lovelies, we are back together and a very warm welcome to the Katie Hopkins Show here at TNT Radio on Thursday the 4th of January coming up in the show today a madman on the loose in Liverpool with a semi-automatic weapon I think it's an AK-47 dressed in just flip-flops or to Australians a thong (laughs) we're talking the Reform Party press conference with Richard Tice all anyone really wanted was Nigel and Britain underwater we are flooded out with more rain on the way time for snorkels here in Blighty you know what to do good people by now I may be in the driving seat but you are truly the engine for this show here is how you join the conversation Katie Hopkins wants you to chat to her just go to tntradio.live hit chat and join your family chatting away we're on the highway to freedom where listeners drive the show today's news talk radio TNT well we're on that don't know what that that was me trying to drive the show did you get it that was me on the highway to freedom i just sounded like i was a wee bit chilly but anyway yes breaking news liverpool overnight man semi-automatic ak-47 goes into uh threatens the receptionist of some movie theater with the weapon and then flip-flops his way so just so we're all clear in different nations as in a pair of flip-flops on his feet flip-flop flip-flop yes or in Australia, thongs. But of course, thongs for us would be weird. And the idea of this big fat guy in just a thong, as we would describe it, which would be an underwear item, would be an even worse thing than him in a flip-flop with an AK-47. Goes into a newsagent's, opens fire a few times, not aiming at anyone, so I'm assuming he's off his face. But the genius thing is, you must please, or tribe, help me here on the chat, uh, find a picture. In fact, I should have given one to studio. Um, find a picture of the guy shooting a automatic weapon in a news agent in Liverpool dressed in just a flip-flop. I love it so much. If anything summarises Batship Bonkers Britain perfectly round about now, it's someone going into a news agent's dressed in a full like furry anorak thing but a pair of flip-flops. You know, nothing says, ooh, I'm a Muslim, ooh, I'm not British, ooh, than a flip-flop, does it? You know what I mean? In January, we've literally, here in the UK, if you're not in the UK, we have been rained on. I mean, if Noah was around, he'd be on his fifth arc by now. Every bit of the UK essentially is underwater, apart from my nose. Luckily, I have this huge, I'm like one of those vehicles, aren't I? You know, those um, amazing, like, old school discoveries or kind of the proper redneck vehicles with the snorkel on the top so it can, like, drive all terrain, shoot animals, no matter what the weather or the conditions. And it has, like, a a snorkel, a breathing apparatus on the car. That's basically me when you think about it. Maybe that is why my nose is so big, so I can snorkel my way around (laughs) to annoy people any the who. It's underwater, the UK. It's like minus two outside right now where I live. I'm just guessing because I put my head out and was like, God, that's cold. And a man in a flip-flop 
firing an automatic weapon. Bear in mind, all weapons, all weapons are banned in the UK. We, we're not allowed to have them, but he's just casually got one while he goes and picks up his pick and mix. Anyway, that's just to you know, start the show. But if you can find that photo and you do want a laugh, uh, please do do it. The other thing I just briefly want to play you, she says, summoning up the enthusiasm of studio, is the lovely Luke Littler. I don't know if you've seen about him or heard about him. He's this 16-year-old darts dude. Frankly, I love him. I love him because he's, what were they called, uh, Tribe? Was it the Weebles? What was it that wobbled but didn't fall over? I'm going to say, uh, yes, exactly. Morning Aquinos, Katie. Exactly. Um, here we go. Someone brilliantly, Lisa, has put the photo, I believe, of the flip-flopper. The flip-flop militia. <laughs> well, I don't know. Just tickled me this morning about six o'clock. Couldn't stop laughing. This is my country. A guy in flip-flops pads his fat little way from the fried chicken shop to open fire in a newsagent's. No one knows who he is. He's still on the loose. <laughs> there is a moose loose about this hoose. <laughs> Weebles. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall over. Is that correct? Well done, tribe. 16, he looks 35. That's my point. So this darts dude, we're coming back now to the darts guy. Come with me, everybody. Follow, follow. Follow the madness of my brain. <laughs> Luke Littler, the darts dude. If you haven't seen a picture of him, you must. He is age 16. And this feels a little bit like, you know, when we have the illegals coming and they go, oh, yes, I'm 12. And you look at them and go, no way, mate. You're 43 if you're a day. Like they're missing teeth. You know, they smell a bit rapey already. I've hung out with them. I can say this at a personal level. It's not a kind of a racial thing. I've I've, I've been in the jungle with these guys. You know, they honk to he heaven. They're oily as hell. Just, just a truth. Like in the same way that I have big nose truth. Like you can smell age on them because you can smell it on them. So illegals that come over when they're like 43 and they go, oh, yes, I'm 12. Not in that voice because they're from Afghanistan, allegedly. But anyway, and then local councils here in the UK go, oh, yes, you're definitely 12. Well, here you are. We'll put you in a school with our children. And it's like this 42-year-old man from Morocco. You know what I mean? Well, segue sidebar, that's basically Luke Littler but not in a sort of rapey, illegal way, oily, more in the fact that he's 16, but he does look, doesn't he? You'd put a good 34 on him, 43. You'd put a good 30-something, worked on the building site all his life, uh, white van with the lads, and bear in mind, I love white van men, like, turns up for work, has a good laugh, finishes, knocks off at two o'clock on a Friday, down the boozer, few pints with the lads, home to see the missus, you know, back out again. Good lad, 34, couple of kids, you know, work hard all his life. That's what you'd think. He's 16 years old. 16. He's barely a little baby. He's tiny, but he's super large. I'm just looking here on Tribe, someone describing morbidly obese. It's unfortunate, but I guess if we play darts, is that okay to do that? You just excuse it away because you like him. He's got a full beard. And yesterday, on the biggest game of his life, what do you call a darts? Is it a match? Is it a game? Is it a lob? Darts match. Dart. 16 years old, is that a double eight? I think that, is that a gag? I think that's a gag. Is that a darts-based gag? That's quite niche. 
even for me. <laughs> uh, someone asking, is the gunman still on the loose? Yes, I believe he's on the loose in his flip-flops. I think he's just pissed off back home and gone to bed. <laughs> he's probably on prayer time number four by now. <laughs> no one's too worried because, well, because the country I live in is utterly mad. <laughs> Turns out you can put on a parka, pull on a pair of flip-the-flops, shoot a weapon, and just go back to the fried chicken shop. No one bats an eyelid. <laughs> Try being white. Oh, I've heard they've arrested a 49-year-old. Really? Oh. I'd have said much younger from the flip-flop and the sort of, I don't know, it gave off younger vibes. Anyway, back to the darts. So he's 16, looks 34, bit of a lad. We need someone to tell me how flip, uh, not flip-flops, how darts, darts match. Competition? Mm. Anyway, what I want to play you is this. This is him in the final. And this is him. Oh, yes, yeah, something else I need to tell you as well. Uh, there's just this bit of audio that I love because every time he throws a dart... You'll be able to tell it's him because of the audience. Every time he throws the dart, the audience go absolutely. I know you can't use the word spastic anymore, but they go absolutely spastic. <laughs> he throws a dart and the crowd goes, yes. <laughs> and it's just something, if you just look at that, if you were an alien landing, 16-year-old that looks 34 throws this bit of, kit with a with a sort of feather on the end and a whole thousand people in Ali Pali go, yes. So I want to play you that. <laughs> um because it's sort of joyous and lovely Mark's in London at the moment and he called in at a pub where they had the darts on and everyone was thrilled. Although he didn't win. But uh, I suppose if you come second actually in a darts match, a bit like tennis, coming second isn't really that great, is it? I mean it's great. But it's not like a 100-metre race where second means you were nearly first, is it? Do you get my drift? You come second in a darts, darts competition. You've come last, haven't you? I guess that's where you pick your sport. Okay, let's have a little listen to the glorious Luke Littler and the crowd going wild every time he throws a dart. Take a listen to this. Luke Humphreys has gone from being in total control of the early exchanges of this match to now being worried. Afraid. I've gone from being in total control to out of control and afraid. Ah, oh, this is brilliant already. It's been said that styles make matches and fights and whatever you, but these two just cracking on with it. Double top. The rule from Luke Littler tells you he's finally arrived in this final. It is Humphreys one. <laughs> I just the crowd. It's like the football, and then at Luke Little Club where he's grown up and trained, and we'll go back to and we we'll love carry on being lovely. All of these young kids are there, and I guess they can go there in the evening. And there seems to be a system for how they can get their go at these illuminated dartboards. So they're all there, and it got me thinking about how because I have a fifteen-year-old son. I would love it if there was something like that near me where young people could go in an evening and have fun together and hang out. It didn't cost earth and they could just have a fun time. I said that to my son yesterday. It's such a shame there isn't a place for young people to go in the evenings where they can relearn the art. I didn't add that bit. 
that's between you and I. But what my inference was, well, they could relearn the art of being social and just hanging out. Like anytime my son's like, oh, can I go and hang out with my mates? I'm like, yes, 100%, 200%. Like part of me is also like, you know, could you do something naughty as well? I shouldn't really say that because I'm supposed to be a mum. But, you know, um, for God's sake, Katie, everyone wanders around in thongs sometimes. This must be an Australian talk about flip-flops. I mean, because who knows? Many ladies here have wandered around in just a thong. <laughs> I'm sure must have double plugs to qualify for truckers. What's a double plug? I mean, I've seen such a thing on Pornhub. But I don't think that's what we're talking about here, is it? What is this double plug relating to truckers? Is it a double plug that you plug in the wall? Or is it a double plug on the thong? I'm fairly sure it's not the double plug I'm thinking of. My brain went in that direction because of the thong situation. Oh, well done to everybody. A chat, really, at, uh, there's really a lot of you here. So well done. Do you know why I think that is? I think it's because I explained so clearly how to get on chat. I'm almost tempted to do it again. Um, where's the uh, little thing I wanted to read? Yeah, here we are. Armed officers were in the area, as well as large numbers of emergency vehicles. This isn't for the darts. This is for the thong-wearing uh, gunman. People were being advised to stay indoors during what is described as a fast-moving incident. I am sorry. I'm actually not. But a chumbawamba Muslim in a parka jacket wearing a pair of flip-flops is not a fast-moving incident. <laughs> this is, I, I feel, I'm just going to, I am going to tell a story from my past. So at the Royal Military Academy Sandhurst, um, so what, the cadets that were there, like myself, we had to go through rigorous selection and only a few of us made it in, you know, a few of us exceptional people like me. <laughs> but the but the uh, Saudis could send their number one or number two son or their princes to Sandhurst, and there must be clearly some sort of rapprochement and financial exchange. But basically, these guys turned up, they were fat, they were certain of passing, because that must have been the deal. They looked ridiculous in uniforms, they could barely fit in any of the gear. I never saw them do exercise or go on exercise in their lives because it was too cold for them. They were the only group that was excluded from the brutality of Sandhurst because of what prestige, whatever. I mean, presumably the Saudis paid for all of Sandhurst. I don't know. But the truth of the matter is that to us, the good guys, they were called floppies. And my understanding was they were called floppies because that's what they did. They flopped about, like their guts flopped about. They flopped about. They were purposeless. I never spoke to one of them because we had nothing in common. I had no respect for them because they didn't do the hard stuff. But I'm thinking to myself, maybe they were called floppies because of the flip-flops. That now makes sense. Did any of you, uh, I need my military friends, are floppies called floppies because of the flip-flops? Or is it even ruder? I don't even know. Let me tell you something else. We had three top stories of the day, which we have not begun. We're going to do those when we come back, featuring also the Cornish Blade Runners. Super excited about them. Also terrible. Oh, terrible. What terrible people chopping down terrible speed cameras. There we are. That's me doing my bit to stop me being arrested. Please keep that on file, studio. 
And then I want to talk about this whole thing with Richard Tice yesterday and the press conference for the Reform Party. Did you catch that? Uh, we're going to also talk about the Epstein list. I really want to get to Archbishop Vigano. He is a bit of a legend. I, I read that as Viagra every time. So we may just have to call him Archbishop Viagra. Also, I did a typo with Studio earlier and called him Ars, Ars Itcher. We may be talking about Ars Itcher Viagra as opposed to Archbishop Vigano, but you get the message. Darlings, go nowhere. You get the sense of this. I bring you down a highly acutely attention deficit disorder, autistic. We're uncertain where the direction of the show goes, but all I know is that you help drive it because you're on chat. When we come back from the commercial break, I'm going to do one of my explain how to get on chats conversations because clearly yesterday it worked terrifically well. Either that or you're waking up from your Christmas breaks and finally rocking back up at TNT Radio. Oh, well done. Well done, finally. Midway through the year and you rock up. Um, go nowhere, darlings, otherwise you know I will hunt you down and break your legs. Uh, my name is Katie Hopkins and this is TNT Radio. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Back in time, and who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the President. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming President of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism or you're talking about communism, socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this 
basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. We're rolling. It is my pleasure to present Katie Hopkins on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Yeah, just look what these bastards have done. That's the bit of that I like. That's just that last bit. I could play that. I could have that as my... um. As my phone ring, couldn't I? Look what these bastards have done. Uh, so the double plug mystery has been resolved. Thank the Lord for Tribe. See, this program is an education in and of itself. It is not something from Pornhub, although it also is. If you don't know about Pornhub, well done you. Um, I obviously have to stay, you know, abreast of these things in order that I can do effective social commentary. A double plug is in fact a thong in the Australian parlance that is reinforced in order that the hairy hairy toes, let's try that again, that is reinforced in order that the hairy toes of big fat truckers, (laughs) did you notice what I did there? Try and say that at speed. Hairy toes of big fat truckers. Can you do that? Try. Come on, don't be shy. Hairy toes of big fat truckers. Can you do it? Can you? Um, <laughs> so that they don't come, they don't force the top from the bottom. So it's double, double, what do we call it? Double plugged in order that it's, uh, can handle the honk honk of a hairy fat trucker. Glorious. Well done you. Okay, good. Now get this. If you already know this, don't go, come on, Katie. And don't be like, don't be so patronizing. Let's do this as if we don't know. So, if you're currently listening and thinking, who is this mad bird? Uh, it's me, Katie Hopkins. If you're thinking, how do I join the sensible people who seem to be having conversations I'd actually quite like to hear instead of listening to this mad bird? Or Doris, it's my husband. So my husband comes from the East End, Watford, the dodgy sides of the tracks. And so he says, what does he call? She's my... Does he say Mrs? But he said Doris. He calls women Doris. I know, so rude. So if you want to join the conversation that sensible people are having alongside me with my slightly frenetic energy, all you have to do is this. So you get your little fingers out and you go to T, the letter T for tits, tango, terrific, N, T, N for November, or noodles, or what would fat people say? Nutella. So TNT Radio, tippy typey that, TNT Radio dot live. Just do that. If you do that in a search engine, we'll come up. It'll be red and black and white, right? Go to my fat face. Look for someone who you think is Jewish but isn't. And conceivably could be 60, but I'm not. So stick it up your ass. 
and whose teeth actually were whitened by a lovely mark for that picture, just saying. <laughs> They're actually a horror show. But anyway, click on my face, and this chat thing comes up, this little sweepy red thing with numbers on it. Don't worry. No one's monitoring you. No one's going to count you. No. One, well, I say that. Maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe the boss is going to sell all our souls. I don't know. No, I'm sure that's not going to happen. Go there, and you will enter this room. It'll be like... Um, go through the back of the wardrobe, lie the witch in the wardrobe, and you will find there truckers with hairy feet who are double-plugging each other or something. And you will find sensible women with excellent writing skills. There's a few people there with comedic talent. I'm being slated for saying Watford is nowhere near the East End, you dozy, beat, you dozy bint. I love that expression. No, but you know what I mean? If you're in Australia, Watford is near the East End. And Mark does talk a little bit like that sometimes. When he gets a little bit aggro, that side of him comes out. <laughs> and he's still, we're going for a ruby. Means we're going for a curry. Ruby Murray. Anyway, shall we do my top three stories of the day, given that we're, you know, halfway through the show already and this is supposed to happen in the top bit? Two explosions at a memorial at the tomb of Qasem Soleimani. So the... Iranian general Qasem Soleimani, do you remember him? Four years ago, he got kasplatted, I think that's the military term, in his vehicle by an amazing American drone that uh, really pinpoint accuracy struck the car in which he was driving and nuked him from the face of the planet. Well, four years on, a bunch of dopey Iranians are gathered around the tomb of Qasem Soleimani in order to pay their, you know, adulation to the late Iranian general on the fourth anniversary of his assassination. I have to say, I feel a little bit sorry for these Iranians because my, um, I suspect that they were bussed in by the Iranian regime in order to give the visuals that Soleimani was still much loved. Do you know what I mean? So I went to the funeral of um, Memorial of Castro on Cuba. And for Castro's memorial, most of the Cubans were bussed in from all across Cuba. Um, volunteers, the community organizer had to get the people on the buses and if you weren't on the buses, obviously your house or your family were just going to be annihilated. So these poor sods, and I stood amongst them, had to stand in the public square for 24 hours so that the world's media would, would report that the Cubans were in mass mourning for Castro, standing for 24 hours to pay vigil, whereas in fact they were bussed in at threat of death and none of them were allowed to move, not even to take a wee. They just had to stand there with their kids so that the world's media would see that Castro was much loved. I wonder if that was the same for Soleimani. Either way, Cuba, amazing. Cubans, amazing. Um, so they're there, bust in probably, paying their respect to the guy that was nuked off the face of the planet by the uh, US brilliant military intelligence. And then some bugger goes and blows, up, blows them up. I mean, that's a fairly naff day in Iran, isn't it? And uh, word to the wise, if you're ever in a public gathering if somewhere you probably shouldn't be, which applies to me a lot of the time, and there's one explosion, get the hell under something and don't run about and don't move. There will be a second. 
That's how all Sunnis always work. First explosion goes in to create mayhem. People pile in, ambulances pile in, rescue services pile in. All of the people needed to resolve the situation start to pile in. Boom, you detonate the second explosion. The second explosion always kills far more people and does far more damage than the first. The first is just a trigger. So the point rather being, if you're in Iran, you know, you're there, you've been bussed in to pay respects to Soleimani. You hear an explosion, don't move. Get under something, crawl into a ditch, wait there. Wait for the second explosion, then move. Good. Information, good. Um, tribe, have you heard what's happened in Cornwall? Now, obviously, you will understand the reason why I need to take this very serious approach. Because, frankly, I think it's disgusting. It's shocking. Shocking behaviour. I'm looking at tribe here. Um, referring to thongs, dubber rubber plugs. Yes, exactly. We've established at TNT Radio that the double rubber plugs menus are in fact related to footwear. So that's excellent. A useful info, thanks Katie, exactly. Exactly, if you're in Iran, you're worshiping at the you know fourth, well it'll be fifth, won't it, anniversary of the new king of Soleimani and you hear an explosion, bed yourself down, scratch yourself into the ground with your own hands. Dig yourself a survival trench. Cover yourself in the bodies of other. Wait for the second explosion, then move. Okay. And if you're wearing a flip-flop, make sure it's a double plugger. Okay. Survival tips. That's what, you know, TNT could be where we all turn to when, you know, when we need to. Anyway, back to the shocking news out of Cornwall. I mean, I'm disgusted. I'm outraged. I'm appalled. And I, I am Cornish. By descent, my mother is Cornish, our family from Cornwall. We're farmers from Cornwall. And I cannot believe my own kind have done this. Uh, where is it? Perinarwarval. Perinarwarval. Four miles northwest of Falmouth, not far from where I come from. And it's a shocking thing, but vandals have been cutting down speed cameras. And you know my views on this, people. You know that I think this is a and they have cut down a speed camera on the A390, the Tregoles Road, a 30 miles an hour road. Now, no one knows what speed they're going to be doing, and no one can be penalised for not doing it. The camera caught 3,000 drivers a month in the summer. And now those drivers won't be caught, so the police won't be getting that income that they need. And one that's been cut down was a high-tech bi-directional. Hello. I've met some <laughs> I've met some ladies that were bi-directional. <laughs> Sorry. This one was a high-tech bi-directional camera. <laughs> which are being rolled out nationally after trials. Well, who doesn't like a bi-directional? And unbelievably, someone has cut that down as well. I say. And the councillor outraged. I'm outraged. I am outraged. Anybody who buys an angle grinder for $34.99 from Lidl should be ashamed. They're readily available, $34.99 at Lidl. Shocking. Shocking. And that foam filler that they use, $6.69 now. Price has gone up since I did a promo on Insta. <laughs> the Cornish councillor who represents Perinarwaldal says it's absolutely horrendous. Why do people do these things? 
These cameras are not put there on a on a whim. Uses the word whim. <gasps> a trans bi camera. Yeah, I wonder what the den the camera identified as if it's bi-directional as. What that's what I need to oh shall we do this? Shall we write an email? Let's do this today to Cornish Councillor Peter Williams. I'm just making a note for myself. Let's write him an email and let's ask him what the bi-directional, I have to write this down as I do it, otherwise I don't won't remember. Let's ask him what the bi-directional camera that's been chopped down. Let's ask him what the pronouns of the camera are. <laughs> Okay, I'll do that after the show so I can um, let you know. Angle grinder. Mm, I know, shocking. It is shocking how easy it is to buy these angle grinders and extension cables. I mean, and to find homeowners that will allow you to use their power. Shocking. I just don't. This get this. <laughs> the Liberal Democrats, uh, this woman who wants to be the Liberal Democrat, Ruth Gripper. Ruth Gripper. All right, Ruth. All right, Ruth. All right, Ruth. She wants to be Ruth Gripper. Come on, bird. <laughs> Ruth wants to run for the Liberal Democrat. She said it's really disappointing. I agree, Ruth. I agree. She said it's an affront to the local <laughs> uh, community. And then she said speed cameras don't just get put in willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. See, all this talk of willies today. I don't know what's going on. I think I'm having a funny five minutes. And then finally, in a linked story that we will see the segue here with the Willie moment, Epstein files. Have you seen them landing? Mm -mm -mm -mm, Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> so the names are coming out on the Epstein files. Most of us know it's a distraction. Most of us know it's just, it's just throwing bread, you know, as we know, breadcrumbs at people. So they feel like they're being fed and everybody, the koi carps in the pond. <laughs> I'm doing an impression if you're watching on video. I'm sure it's glorious. Keep feeding them breadcrumbs. They'll keep gobbling it up and they won't ask what the Clinton was doing on Epstein Island. They won't ask why Bill Gates spent so much time there. They won't ask why the people we're supposed to look up to spent so much time with Epstein. I'll, I'll, I'll keep feeding them dribs and drabs and this and that that doesn't matter. As if anyone is ever going to release anything that actually matters. And still the morons gobble this up like hungry, oh, I was about to say hungry hookers. Let's not say that because the show's taken a bit of a nosedive in that respect today, hasn't it? Uh, of more than 100 people named um, the much hyped trove. Yeah, it's been hyped for a reason. It's been hyped so that you look over here at this shiny thing and you don't ask about Tom Hanks over there. It's been hyped up over here so that you go, oh, look, an exposure. We're getting to the truth. Of course, you're not getting to the truth of the thing, you morons. Not you guys, obviously. Just the morons that are like, oh, salivating. Oh, look, we, this is an exposure. No, it's not. You're looking over there because it's over here that they're going to hide the real shit. Tom Hanks. When ordering the release of the files, New York judge Loretta Preska said, yardy bloody ya. She's just a stooge. She's being used to provide the distraction and everybody, as predictably as ever, is gobbling it up. We all know we'll never know. We all know we probably already know. We all know whatever darkness it is, all of the people we suspect that are involved in it bloody well are. Right? I think that was a 
pretty fair summary. Right, what we have to do before studio starts nagging me, because I don't like to be nagged, as we know, is we're going to have a short commercial break. God help us. If if studio decide now to pray, play some 18-minute thing, I shall be I shall have a full-on sad on when I come back. But what I do want to do is talk about, and maybe you guys saw it, maybe someone can add some elements of it to Tribe on the Chitty Chitty Chat Chat. Do join us on the chat. Don't like what I'm saying, don't like what I do, disagree with everything I do, go to Tribe, go to the chat, tntradio.live. You'll find people that you love. Truckers with hairy toes. Yeah. People who know things about bi-directional cameras. Mm-mm-mm. People who know things about angle grinders. Uh, so go to the tribe, Chitty Chat Along. If you also hate this show, you're listening and thinking, ah, this woman does my nutting. Just hang around. Because at the top of the hour, you get other people before me. Dean, do you not know Dean? If you don't know Dean, why don't you listen to his show? Do you know what I mean? There's choice. And you're the you're the master of your own vessel. Ha! When we come back, we're going to talk about the reform press launch. And you'll know, I say, we have to hold the line. We have to go line as one. And wh whoever has a voice, we must support them. Because it's better to have voices out there than just to criticise everybody and call everybody else a bad guy. But I do want to just have a little giggle about the <laughs> reform, just the press release, the media release they had yesterday, because it made me laugh because Richard Tice just... <laughs> really cocked the whole thing up anyway um let's uh do this blooming commercial break go nowhere darlings or you know me i will come with a blunt pencil and jam it repeatedly into your eye sockets uh my name is katie hopkins and this is tnt radio here's a bushfire fact bushfires can occur without warning so if you're traveling during bushfire season here are three simple steps to remember one Check the fire danger rating before you go. The higher the fire danger rating, the more dangerous the conditions. It may be safer to replan your trip. 2. Think about the area you're going to and what you would do if a fire started. How would you escape the area if you needed to? And where would you go? Check if there's a neighbourhood safer place. 3. It's dangerous to drive through smoke or fire. If you can't find a way to avoid the fire, park in a cleared area, face the car towards the fire and turn the engine off. Then lie on the floor and cover yourself to protect yourself from radiant heat. Live bushfire ready. For more helpful tips, visit myfireplan.com.au today. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. But remember, there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... <laughs> okay. And around the world for any animal, any disaster. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. You're listening to Katie Hopkins on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Woohoo! We are back, my darlings, in the room. Uh, pasty, there's some corrections going on on Tribe. So Cornish pasty is what we're famous for, what we make brilliantly arguments between the Cornish and the Devon about who makes the best pasties, who is responsible for them, etc. Other people informing that uh, 
pasties are for covering your nipples. Oh, I see. Yes, they're those sticky plaster things to cover a nipple up, aren't they? See, I think what we're learning, darlings, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That many, um, many words have many meanings. You know, don't call us revolutionaries. <laughs> we're revolutionaries here. Pasties that have the crust edge so that tin miners didn't poison themselves while eating them. They threw that part away when finished eating the center. Oh, yes. So that's correct. There was a bit to hold them that then you could separate your little dirty hands from the crust. There's also some other uh, recipes where they used to bake jam into the crust so that for the farmers, uh, you could eat the pasty as your main. And then inside the crust would be um, jam so that you could have that as your pudding. Uh, Katie, did your family have the Cornish belief? Oh, my God. Did your do they? Do they? So some of the Cornish beliefs. Unlucky to burn eggshells. Yep. Sweep dust from a house. Yeah, if you sweep dust from a house for my family, um, well, sweeping dust from the house, it's a it's a wash for us. So you're not allowed to do a wash on a Sunday, or you'll wash a family member away. And shoes on table. Yeah, you can't put shoes on the table. My father would have, you can't wear hats indoors, but I think that's a, just a tradition thing, isn't it? We're going to talk about the reform press launch. Did you see it? Did you watch it? The Guardian write-up. This is for the lulls. It's not attacking our side. There's some great writing going on. It's kind of a lot of funnies. And I'm just going to come clean. Like outside the house, outside of TNT Radio and this family of ours, I'm holding the line. You want to vote reform? That's an alternative. Uh, Nigel has given up his life to try and, you know, give people a voice. Da, da, da. But Richard Tice? No, no. I'm sorry. My spider senses go off every time. Multi-millionaire from the Isle of Wight pretending to be the working class bloke. Can't, he's basically just not Farage. And, and you know, love that it exists. Don't criticise our own. I hear you. Please say that on Tribe. Slate me for laughing. But uh, let's take a listen to Richard Dickey, Tricky Dicky. Let's take a listen to Tricky Dicky in action inverted commas, at the Reform Press launch yesterday. Obviously, many of you want to know uh, what in this election year are Nigel's plans. He's back from the jungle. He's recovered. Uh, hopefully the stomach is in better shape from the, the travails of the Bush Tucker trials. And we've been talking over the uh, Christmas period. And he's obviously giving a lot of thought as to the extent of the role that he wants to play in helping Reform UK, frankly, save Britain. And he is still uh, assessing that. And uh, as and when we have all collectively come to a decision, obviously, uh, we look forward to letting everybody know. There's a, I'm not a poker player, but uh, I know that a good poker player doesn't show their hand too early. Nigel is the master of political timing. But I'm very clear, the job at hand is so big to save Britain. The more help that Nigel is able to give in the election campaign, frankly, the better. Because the crisis facing the country, the crisis, the catastrophe that would befall us with Starmageddon is really, really serious. Oh, so 
So if you listen to the timbre of how he speaks, he has come from this bizarre world where he believes if he keeps up the flow and a butter fur, and occasionally adds a butter, it is clear. But a butter, the travail. But that's all, that, that is Richard Ty speaking. And, you know, just as an um, observer of language and presentation, nothing about sides, nothing about doing down our own, but it's just beyond awful. And he's so surrounded by people willing to blow him because he's dicky and he has a million bucks sitting in a bank account on the Isle of wherever. And he's been banging whoever. Is, is it Phillips he's been banging since the beginning of time or is it the other one? Any one of them that are banging each other. And... I don't play poker myself, but you know, he just believes if he keeps talking, everything, but he's not feeling any of those words. He's certainly not feeling anything he's saying. It's, I can, I can see almost the gap between who he might be, who I have no idea. It's not anchored in anything. Re no people, no experience, no hurt, no pain, no raw, pure anything. It's, and it hurts my soul because he has a platform and it's just being... Uh, the narcissism is um, uh, just overwhelming. I, I feel physically exhausted by how terrible it is. I just want to um, read this a moment. This is from The Guardian. Uh, I, I love the way it's written. Uh, John Grace, you probably can't stand him. You won't like anything he says, but there is a genius. in First, a brief introduction from GB News presenter Alexandra Phillips. I think she was banging one of them. Almost everyone connected with Reform UK has their own show on GB News these days. You're here because you want change, she said. Uh, no. We're here because we hope Nigel might turn up. <laughs> Instead, Tice took to centre stage and promptly lost the entire audience. <laughs> because Dickie is no communicator. He looks and acts like a charisma-free 1980s timeshare salesman, someone you instinctively mistrust, someone easily, <laughs> someone extremely easy to dislike. Dickie was adamant that people were here for his optimism just as he was convinced that he, a multimillionaire from the Isle of Wight, was the authentic voice of the British working class. <laughs> That's a lovely bit of writing right there. <laughs> uh, and then things got really deranged. The Tories were basically communists in disguise. The real threat was Starmageddon and Labour was culturally pillaging the country, whatever that means. Just as bad. Labour would bankrupt the UK by investing in the NHS and worrying about climate change. Net zero was just for woke pussies. And instead, Dickie was offering tax cuts on a scale unimagined even by Liz Truss and a 5% cut to all public services. In other words, he was going to wreck the country. All immigrants would be kicked out. We'd get people currently on disability benefits to work as doctors and nurses. It's my special guest to... No, it's my great pleasure to introduce our special guest, bald Dickie, Ben Habib, our candidate for Wellingborough. Ben who? Ben stepped forward. <laughs> it takes all sorts, I suppose. Ben loves the sounds of gunshots. I doubt we'll be hearing much of him again. <laughs> there is just a joy. I know you can say, Katie, 
You're being disloyal, Katie. You're being duplicitous, Katie. Without tell me what's better than reform. And I hear you. Nigel was thinking, said Dickie, considering his options. You could see the smile starting to form on Keir Starmer's face. This was all working out rather nicely. Let Reform UK and the Tories fight it out for the far right vote, each inflicting damage on the other. In the meantime, Labour could slide down the middle. <laughs> it's really well. Uh, it's really well written. I very much like it. Um, so, uh, oh, um, oh, I didn't. I oh, ah, oh, oh, all permitted news channels. There's something on Tribe I want to read, but I can't. All permitted news channels are for entertainment purposes only. Any informing, which is not arguably common knowledge, doesn't stand a chance. The sooner everyone wakes up to that, the better. Very good. But the blur, the blur, the blur, the blur. Now, I want to move on. Can we move on? Is that okay, tribe? I need to itch my nose as well. Good. Um, reading this, reading this, I'm learning that Methodism is collected is connected sorry pardon me to cornwall and mining oh how interesting because my parents are methodists not in a big way but in a weird in a weird self punitive way i've talked about this before haven't i methodists apparently from my parents have to live in a constant state of sort of self punishment it's probably why i like running marathons isn't it so like you know even if you can afford it you don't turn the heating on because you'll save money what Okay, let me talk about Archbishop Vigano. Vigano, but I've accidentally, due to a typo, um, asserted that we're going to listen to Ars Itchy Viagra. So I guess the point here is, if you are a purist, we're going to listen to Archbishop Vigano. If you're part of this slightly deranged tribe that can follow along with my issues. We're going to listen to Ars Itchy Viagra. But I just love the fact that this dude is like a archbishop and is just coming out with stuff like this. Take a listen to Ars Itchy Viagra telling some home truths and telling them pretty straight. Take a listen to this. Those who do not adapt to this fourth industrial revolution will find themselves ousted and will lose. They will lose everything, including their freedom. In short, Klaus Schwab is threatening the head of government of the 20 most industrialized nations in the world to carry out the programmatic points of the Great Reset in their nation. This goes far beyond the pandemic. It is a global coup d'etat against which it is essential that people rise up and that the still healthy organ of state start an international juridical process. The threat is imminent and serious. Since the World Economic Forum is capable of carrying out its subversive project. And those who govern nations have all become either enslaved or blackmailed by this international mafia. In the light 
of these statements and those of others no less delusional than Yuval Noah Harari, Schwab's advisor. We understand how the pandemic fast served as a tire balloon for imposing controls, coercive measures, curtailing individual freedoms, and increasing unemployment and poverty. The new step will, will have to be carried out by means of economic and energy, energy crisis, which are instrumental to the establishment of a synarchic government in the hands of the global elite. Ooh, what a legend, huh? What a legend. I'm so excited. Honestly, I'm always excited. I know you know. But I'm so excited by all the great people speaking out and doing amazing things. You know, I was super proud the doctors who did speak out lost everything, but can go to bed at night knowing that they did the right thing. Archbishop speaking so clearly about things that we know, that there is no government anymore. There's just a placating mass of individuals scurrying about that, you know, sell themselves off. It, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it, how Boris Johnson started, you know, with, oh, well, lockdowns are crap. Uh, Master, obviously, bollocks. Uh, sorry for the swear words. Not really sorry, but, you know, trying to, just trying to, trying to, trying not to swear this year. Um, and then in April, they got to him, bought him off, and he came back completely sold. They did the performative, oh, he's in intensive care to give him the reason to be able to do the 180. And back he comes and he's absolutely in there, you know, in their pockets, on payroll, doing what he's told. And um, and it's just lovely when you hear it spelt out. I also see, you know, social media stuff. Yesterday I I did a posting on um excess deaths, just to try and add, you know, my genuine wish that if anybody feels frightened because they took all that stuff or if people are afraid, which they are, that they know that I personally stand for the fact that they're, they're welcome with us, that we want the best for them. I don't subscribe to the idea, well, we tried to tell you, you were part of the people that killed us off. Tough shit. I don't buy that. I think we have to bring everyone with us. There are people out there who are terrified right now and no one's talking about them and no one's helping them. You know, and that's and what gives me the, the what are the point I was trying to get to is that that excess deaths stuff I just threw up on Twitter. You know, I was only back there. When did Elon bring me back? He brought me back on Guy Fawkes, right? So I'm just taking a look now. Uh, Nine hundred eighty-five uh, thousand. So now a million views of that yesterday, and I say that not out of like, oh, look at me with a million views, but just a small video trying to put encourage excess deaths to be talked about by people that used to employ me. And I will call them, start to call them by name. Uh, Cause I think it just matters. I don't want to be vindictive. I don't want to use my old associations, but I think it's very important that the people I was on first name terms with who run newspapers need to start helping those who feel scared about excess deaths. But a million views tells me we are winning in numbers that we hadn't really thought about. We are becoming alive. People are rebelling. I mean, these very naughty people with their angle grinders, farmers, German farmers out, the Dutch farmers ready, South African farmers were in this a long time ago. I'm telling you now, it's coming. This is going to be a great year. I'm excited. I'm very excited. And I know now what a double plugger is as well. So 
I think we can agree, can't we? This has been pasty, P-A-S-T-Y. Exactly. This has been a learning episode here at TNT, hasn't it? And guess what, darlings? Guess what tomorrow is? Funny, funny Friday. We'll be right back. My name's Katie Hopkins. This is TNT Radio. <laughs>